Today's episode is brought to you by Taft Law and its Franchise Advance Program, a one-of-a-kind program developed by your host, Josh Brown, to help entrepreneurs assess, convert, and grow your business the right way through sound franchise structures. To learn more, go to taftlaw.com and type Franchise Advance Program in the search bar. If you think like, act like, or are trying to grow like a franchise, then the Franchise Euphoria podcast is for you. Hello and welcome everybody. Josh Brown here. And I created this podcast for one main goal, to help people who are trying to grow their business through franchising or franchise-like structures to do it the right way. I've been practicing law now as a franchise lawyer for many, many years, and I've seen it done the right way and the wrong way. And this podcast is not filled with a bunch of legal mumbo jumbo. Rather, I talk with real people, people who have been there, have done it, are doing it right now. And I also dive deep into specific topics related to franchising. So if this is of interest to you, you are at the right place. Enjoy. Hello, Dave. Welcome to Franchise Euphoria. How are you doing? Oh, I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. Well, I'm excited to have you on today. Um, you know, not only are you the president of Franworth, but um, you started this um, nonprofit 501c3 organization called Franchise for Good, which I'm really excited to talk to you about today. Yeah, I appreciate that. It's uh, something that uh, has, I've wanted to do for a long time and in the midst of COVID, uh, started that nonprofit and uh, trying to bring a new model here into franchising for us all. Well, without me just, you know, reading from the website, tell me in your own words, what is Franchise for Good and how did you come up with the idea to put it together? So I'm uh, like many of your listeners, I've been in uh, franchising for quite some time. I kid around that it's since the late 1900s that I've been, you know, involved in franchising um, and have had the opportunity to work for and lead four different franchise companies. So I was started uh, leading haagen Shop Company back when I was part of General Mills went on to be the first non-family uh, leader CEO of Honey Baked Ham Company, some 400 stores around the U.S., uh, then later ran Pure Bar and Boutique Fitness. And then uh, the last one that I led as CEO was the last lounge that I started here at Franworth with. So I'm, I'm a longtime franchise leader, and I've always seen the way that franchises give back. Um, you know, very generous group. I mean, franchisees giving back locally franchisors, making donations. Um, and I even, back when I was running the haagen shop business, I saw what Ben and Jerry's did with their partner shop, which is really cool. They, they would give a, give a store, give a Ben and Jerry's store to someone who otherwise wouldn't have been able to have a franchise, someone in a maybe economically uh, disadvantaged or educationally or background, whatever, and put them in business. The problem was they really weren't that successful. It was a cool idea. And so I began to think about what might a better way to, to impact the nonprofit community or people in need by leveraging the actual franchise model. I mean, we in franchising scale things exceptionally well. And there's a playbook of how to scale things well. So I, I went through this program in 2019, um, faith-based thing called Halftime where you spend the better part of a year with an executive coach and you really understand who you are and how you're gifted. 
but also how do I go and give back? How do I do something of significance? And the idea came to me through that process was why not apply the uh, franchise model, which is all about scaling and how do you go replicate and scale? And might there not be a need in the not-for-profit space? So sure enough, did a bunch of research and, and the hypothesis that I had was that, yes, indeed, you could use what we've learned in franchising for decades successfully on replication and scaling quickly in the nonprofit space. And uh, that's what got me started. Well, so it's, it's so interesting and it's, it's, it's such a good thing because I mean, as you said, and you know, I've been in the franchise business uh, for many years as well. And you, it, it is one of those things that, you know, oftentimes doesn't get mentioned, but is there. And just like you said, so many of these organizations, whether it's the, the local uh, owner operators or it's the franchise or a combination of the two giving back to their communities giving back to various organizations and you know oftentimes it just becomes sort of a given but it's important i think as you're pointing out to just stop and take a moment and be like yeah this is a this, this is a great opportunity for these organizations they help a lot of people so with, with franchise for good is it part you going in and helping nonprofits to scale what they're already doing and or is it part you going in and helping them turn what they're doing into a franchise or become operators of a franchise to generate more money for their nonprofits? Yeah, it's more the former. It's uh, The idea is that uh, in franchising, we know that you have to have certain things in place to be successful. You have to have a very clear strategy. You have to understand your brand and brand essence and have that defined. You have to have operational tools. You have to have legal constructs, all those things. And so one thing, I've, I, I've, I've served on nonprofit boards. You probably have too, and experienced nonprofits on the outside looking in. But really, my experience with a, with a nonprofit is that it's a business just like any business. It's just measured differently. It's measured instead of how much money you're dropping to the bottom line. You're measured by the people that you impact or whatever your mission is. And you still need to operate efficiently and, quote, unquote, make money so you can continue to grow and invest in people or the resources that uh, that you're applying to the people that you're serving. So the, the, this is not really about turning them into a franchise, although I'm going to give you a couple of examples of people that I'm working with that actually that's how you can scale is what's called a chapter affiliate model, which is really the same as a franchise, albeit you don't, we're not regulated by the Federal Trade Commission the way we are in franchising. Uh, so it's a slightly different setup. So there, th- let me, I'll describe two different things. One, the cha- what's a chapter affiliate agreement? So some organizations that you may be familiar with, Boys and Girls Clubs, for an example. And we recently just did one for a company called Build Strong Academy. That's, uh, you have a national chapter that has a playbook, that has a, an operating system and a brand. Sounds like a franchise, doesn't it? Yep. Uh, that you're licensing to a local chapter for them to apply locally. So it's very much like a franchise system. Uh, and so what I what I did some research on is said, you know, how how might we lever the, the the all the skills and tools that we use in franchising and make them available to nonprofits that want to go scale and replicate? So yeah. So I'm finding. Um, across the U.S. companies that, yeah, they've got something figured out locally, 
that they can believe can be applied nationally. And so we're able to put in a, it's called a chapter affiliate agreement in place and a set of tools at the national chapter level that can be applied and replicated locally. So yeah, it's, it's very much like that. I don't think it could be done kind of local. Um, it's more a national program, you know, just like national franchisors and then you know, replicating something regionally. Well, you know, you're definitely, you're definitely speaking my language. I, I was, um, I'm still involved with the organization, but I was the chairman of the board and been involved for many, many years of a nonprofit called College Mentors for Kids. And they're a national nonprofit, been around for many, many years. And they do that. I mean, they do that. They have the chapter affiliate type model where essentially what it is, is they open up localized chapters on college university campuses. And then they get the college students to come in and serve as mentors for uh, first through sixth graders in and around the college campuses. So essentially it brings kids from backgrounds and environments where, you know, they haven't really been on a college campus. They haven't experienced that. They bring them onto the college campus. And then you have the, the college students themselves that are actually doing the mentoring, you know, they're doing. And so yeah. it's really this really interesting, like dual benefit um, nonprofit, it, it benefits the college students tremendously from a leadership perspective, from mentorship perspective, getting them used to giving back, um, and then seeing the impact that they have on these young kids that very often, this is the first time they've been out of their own environments. This is the first time that they've seen something, you know, very different from what, from what they're used to. And, um, They've done well. I mean, there's about 30, 30 some uh, chapters, 35 chapters around the around the country. But it's just it, it's fascinating because that's exactly what what their model is trying to be. Right. I mean, you're providing sort of this national support for these localized chapters. Right. And, and that is a model as I was studying that one point two million nonprofits that are in the U.S., um, some have found a way, like the one that you work with, which sounds like a wonderful nonprofit, who have learned to scale, and then that has helped them stay alive. A pretty typical uh, nonprofit, however, is, is not unlike a small business, where they've got, they're very dependent on the founder, who has a model in a region, and they're giving back to community and doing whatever it is that they do. And often, those nonprofits have a challenge because they have to continue to go back to the same people that are investing in them or donating to them. Often it's dependent on the, the founder who's got local ties. And so things, and they, and sometimes nonprofits, they stagnate, they begin to decline. They can't serve as many people as they would like and scale can help them. You know, the idea that you have that I would imagine just like in franchising, um, if you have many people doing the same type of thing spread out regionally, there's ideas and synergies and best practices that are shared. There's we call them friend share events that we do. So there's there's synergy across. There's also sometimes efficiencies of scale and scope where a na- the national chapter, I would imagine the one that you're working with, provides tools or playbooks or websites or curricula or best practices. Sometimes. And in, in, um, in the nonprofit space, those are things that are needed. So many, uh, you know, I would say, you know, a handful of nonprofits have figured that out that are, you know, professionally managed and larger scale and have been able to scale. But I, as I did my research, I wasn't finding anybody that was really coming alongside and helping them do that. 
you know, helping them go establish the chapter affiliate program or even to get ready, you know, of the 3,800 franchise systems out there, you know, very few will get to scale. And those that do um, have followed a playbook that they have made sure that they have a clear strategy and good funding and a great essence of their brand and, and a budget, and a pro forma and key performance indicators. There's a set of common things that successful franchises do that I've seen over the years. And we at Franworth have seen, and we said, Hey, let's start applying that and finding those that are effective in one place and then can go replicate themselves and to impact more people and then actually become more healthy and survive longer. Yeah. I mean, one of the things I, I like so much about this is that, you know, obviously franchise for good as a 501c3 organization, but you are part of Fran Worth, which has been around for a long time, working with a lot of different brands. Take a minute to talk about Fran Worth. And then I want to dovetail into some software questions because I think that, that and not specific softwares, but just the idea of technology um, and how it can be properly used by by franchisor systems, as well as helping these nonprofits to effectively scale and grow. But before we dive into that, t- tell us a little bit about Franworth, your experience with Franworth, and some of the things you guys are doing. Yeah, thanks. Um, so Franworth is a company who partners with founders and helps them accelerate their growth. Great example of that is the Lash Lounge. That's in fact how I joined Franworth about four years ago. I came off leading Pure Bar, large five hundred and sixty unit chain. And came into the Lash Lounge. We had partnered our founders, a guy named John Rachi, IFA Entrepreneur of the Year, another founding partner, David Barr, another IFA Entrepreneur of the Year. So pretty incredible that our founding guys are both IFA Entrepreneurs of the Year, one just this year in 2022 and one back in 2012. So they they founded Franworth on the premise of partnering with founders who, again, have a great idea and can go get um, scale and synergies and uh, by scaling via franchise model. So we have uh, got a group of about 500 years of franchise experts across every different function. That's it, Dave? Just 500 years? Yeah, 500 years. Can you like, yeah, of, of franchise experience. So it's across 40, 45 people. And it's across eight different disciplines. So we believe that they're, again, the right way to go scale a for-profit franchise. And that's by having, back to the same thing, a clear brand essence. You got to have a, a great franchise attorney that, you know, puts you into, you know, the in compliance and writes a great FTD. You've got to have a, a real estate team that puts them into real estate. You've got to have a, a team that uh, works on the finances and does the modeling. You've got to have a team that works on the supply chain. You've got to have a team that works on marketing and good SEO or member attraction and retention. You've got to have an operations teams that are working on unit level economics. So we've put all that together. And then we've now partnered with 10 different companies within our portfolio. That So we own equity uh, and, and most times for just bringing our experience set and we partner with the founder. So just as an example, when we partnered with um, Anna Phillips, who's the founder of the Lash Lounge, which does eyelash extensions in the boutique beauty space, she had six units in Dallas and we're very, very successful, great unit level economics. And then today, fast forward a few years, and we have 120 open. We just had our first convention. Uh, they're, you know, setting records every single month uh, and going exceptionally well with some very uh, satisfied uh, franchisees who are now opening their second, third, and fourth units. So it's just a great example about any great franchise system needs that expertise, I believe, of what the founder brings. 
whether that's in exercise concept or beauty or fitness or wellness or whatever it is um, that bring that every expertise. But it's really a unicorn. If you look around franchising today, there aren't many successful CEOs, people that successful franchise systems that were also the founder, you know, that did it both because you need that, that passion, that, that core essence of whatever that offer is, that expertise, but you also need the scaling expertise, the stuff we were just talking about at Franchise for Good. You need someone who understands the law and understands how to do franchise sales and understands finance and understands unilevel economics. And so we bring that side, the scaling side of franchise with that franchise 500 years of expertise in partnership with the founders. And then together we found that, you know, in partnership, we can grow these things to be successful. Well, and I think that that's a good model. I mean, I think there's there's a certain misnomer out there that founders get a business, get a franchise to a certain level, and then they get bought off. They they you know they sail off. You know they're on their way, and then you know private equity or whatever the case may be comes in, buys it, grows it. it the truth is, if you look at a lot of the most successful businesses long term that have grown successfully, um, maintained their brand, grown their brand. They've still involved the founders all along the way. You know, the founders evolve, the founders grow, but they do it just like you're saying with the addition of a team, with the addition of people who, you know, know what they're doing in their space. Because, you know, to exactly what you just said, there is something very, very important to the fact of the person who founded this knows it better than anybody else, but also has to be flexible enough to understand their own limitations and bring on the right team to help them grow it and see out their vision. That, I mean, that's our belief. That's why we founded Franworth with John Rachi, our founder's passion of, of really mentorship. It's founded on mentorship. And, you know, that's, that's really how it began. And, and we didn't, he didn't, um, when he started the business, see anybody out there truly just partnering with founders. And we, we've also, it's, it's, you know, maybe not exactly by design, but we've had many, uh, the preponderance of our founders are female. Um, and we know, I think, in the industry that, uh, you know, private equity and other capital markets, for whatever reason, are not giving the same amount of capital to female founders as they are to, to male founders. And so, um, for whatever reason, we have found these passionate and highly talented uh, female founders who have this passion and have been partnering with us. And it's really worked out quite well. So, yeah, I, I, I agree. I think that's what our whole business is founded on, that you need that combination and look, private equity and venture capital and family offices uh, absolutely serve a role and serve a similar role. So we're not the only ones that do this, but we are pretty unique in how early stage that we're partnering with these founders. You know, private equity is not going to touch a brand until they're kicking out three, four, five million dollars in EBITDA. Yeah, yeah, they're not going to come in and do it. They're not going to come in and invest with six locations. No, no. And so, but you know, what I would argue is if if we have emerging franchise boards or people that have their own business listening, you know, the, the advice that I often get is you, you recognize what you're great at and the core of whatever you do. Well, you're selling hot dogs or selling eyelash extensions. It doesn't matter. You've got to know that business exceptionally well, but you also have to understand your limitations and you've got to bring in people that understand their, all those functions that I was listing off before. It's not a good idea to go, um, you know, go into a, sophisticated, you know, high growth model without things buttoned up operationally and legally, financially, strategically. 
Well, and I know, you know, with Fran Worth and with Franchise for Good, you know, you guys are bringing a lot to the table. You're bringing a lot of experience. You're bringing a lot of team members uh, with a lot of industry knowledge and very specific knowledge to core aspects of the business, as you said, right? I mean, to to the marketing side, to the operational side, you know, to the strategy side. So much a part of it. And I, I just want to get your thoughts about this because, you know, in this day and age when in the franchise world, there's the initial value that can be provided to, let's say, a nonprofit when you're working with them on just helping them on the scaling side. But then there's also the long-term value that can be provided. And so often I'm finding that in the software or in the AI or in the technology that's being utilized to help uniform the system. In other words, you know, help keep everything up to date, in speed, in sync, people communicating. I'm curious with what you're doing on the franchise for good side as you're working with some of these nonprofits. Are you finding yourself going or speaking with some of these organizations Figuring out that maybe some of them already have a chapter or affiliation model, like I said, you know, with college mentors for kids or others, or at least if they're going to go there, where they really need that sort of technology hub. They need something that's going to link all of it together that that can serve almost as a foundational piece for them to successfully scale and grow and 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 still be connected and in sync. Yeah, absolutely. One of the things that we've again, it's a it's a classic franchise tool that we employ at every one of our franchise for-profit franchise systems, which we have a central repository. It's based on a learning management system, but it's also got the ability for franchisees to collaborate, celebrate, and communicate with one another and share those best practices. A central repository where their training guides are there and their manuals are there and their links to different third-party providers, or but also a place that they can communicate because one of the one of the strengths, if done well, of a multi-unit system is the strength of the the scale that you bring. And I find we find that technology in that way of a central learning management repository on one end, and also on the other end, um, key performance indicators. You know, the ability to to have uh, whatever it is that you're measuring: membership growth, same store sales, you know, turns, whatever it is that you're that's important to your business. And the same thing in, in nonprofits, I'm finding that you've got to have a really key, key performance indicator set. So you are inspecting what you expect so you can uh, track. And I'm a big believer in transparency of data. Um, some franchisors or for-profit companies keep things under wraps. I, I don't agree with that. I think it's best to share information. So you say, if you have a 50 unit system, share the data, see what people are doing and what their product mix is or what their labor percents are or whatever. So then the team can collaborate with one another. You call your, your fellow franchisee or fellow uh, affiliate in another state or city and find out what they're doing. I've, I've, you know, time after time after time, I'm always pleasantly surprised that people are willing to share. Uh, they're willing to share best practices. And I think you've, yes, technology can certainly play a big part in facilitating those types of communications. So in our last few minutes here, I just, I'm curious if you can walk through what's the process you go through to work with a nonprofit to, to first off from, from franchise for good assess whether or not it's going to be a good fit. And then presuming that it is um, how you uh, get the process going with a nonprofit organization that you're assisting. 
Yeah, it's a great question. So I'm I'm new. This is a startup myself. We started in the spring of 2020, so we're just about two years old. Luckily, my first client uh, was a company out of uh, Berkshire Hathaway that was a, a business that uh, created trade job training uh, and then uh, had a great the trade trained uh, under and unemployed people uh, in the trades and how to be a carpenter, how to be a plumber. And we're able to put people into, into, you know, well-paying jobs because of that. So I met that founder of that nonprofit and, and I wanted to scale something. He had something to scale. So we found one another through this program that I described before called halftime. We shared an executive coach and it's working. We, we just opened Drew Brees as a partner of ours, just opened a built strong Academy in New Orleans back uh, just about a month ago. That's how I got started. Now I've got a, a website, franchiseforgood.org, uh, and just word of mouth, uh, I'm people are coming to me, just they've heard about it. So that's part of the reason I'm I'm excited to have be on, on your podcast, just trying to get the word out. So I'm, I've got a, a range of things that I offer. So I, I want to make sure that there's a fit and a need, you know, that there's actually a, a fit of what I am able to do, some of these replication tools um, with whatever it is the nonprofit might need and also, you know, what their needs are. Many nonprofits, they don't need to scale to, to, uh, to succeed. And so I'm not the right fit for them. But if someone's got the need to scale, to replicate themselves, or just to bring more people in uh, their local market to serve, and the final way, it's really cool. I, I just uh, I've begun a partnership with the University of Notre Dame. Has got a organization called Leo, who is a wonderful think tank uh, and research institution within Notre Dame that studies nonprofits. They've got some eighty studies that are going around the U.S. and they're studying what are the most effective nonprofits to address poverty. So these meet be all the way from from housing to policy to job training to nutrition. And they've studied them to find out which ones are the most effective. And But then that was about where it landed. Um, and so what we've begun a partnership on, in fact, we've got two engagements now, two different nonprofits going now, where we're being, uh, using our toolkit to bring more people in to these nonprofits to help serve them. So it's really just a front of the funnel of what we would describe in any one of our for-profit businesses. How do you go invite more people in to get eyelash extensions or exercise or cryotherapy, whatever it is. Um, We're doing the same thing. You would imagine in a nonprofit space that it would be obvious that if someone needs whatever the service is that they would find you. And, And it doesn't just happen. There are ways to invite people in to serve. So those are the ways that, uh, that people are finding us and, and some really promising areas for the future to make sure we're working on nonprofits that are both ready to scale and, and really need help replicating. You know, you've got a lot of ties to Indiana and that's where I'm from. Um, oh, you got Notre Dame, you got Drew Brees, you got some of that. So that's great. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm happy that you got, that you're doing this. I think it's a, uh, I think it's a brilliant idea. I think it's much needed. And I think it further highlights that, you know, franchising while, it's a business and it's a business model. We can never forget the good that we're doing for the community and for these other organizations. So I thank you, Dave, for, for, for doing this. And if there's anything I can do to help out, you know, please let me know. We can connect offline as well, because I, I, as somebody who's a part of the franchise community, I very much like this because I think so often, you know, you can get negative press and, and, and sometimes all this good 
that's being done or that people are trying to do within the franchise community can some sometimes uh, get uh, get put on the back burner. So I appreciate you taking taking the time uh, to do this, and thank you for coming on. Oh, it's absolutely my pleasure. Yeah, and I'm happy to do that. Happy to connect with you. And I would I would just say for your listeners to yeah, please reach out if they'd like. Um, you know, if they know of a nonprofit that might help scaling or, you know, even in their own local community, they, they know how to run a successful business as, as franchisors or franchisees. And so to just begin to think about what things in your, your experience that could help a local nonprofit help them be, them be more successful. That's another thing that I'm hoping that comes out of this work. Yeah. So if anybody wants to learn more, go to franchiseforgood.org. That's franchiseforgood.org. And you can learn more about uh, what they're doing. And, And thanks again, Dave, for coming on. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. My pleasure. Thank you. Thank you so much for tuning into another episode of Franchise Euphoria. If you enjoyed it, please head over to Apple Podcasts and leave a rating and review. It really helps to get this show out to more and more people. Also, if you have any questions, have ideas for guests or topics, please email me, josh at IndieFranchiseLaw.com. That's josh at IndieFranchiseLaw.com. And finally, please note that this podcast is for entertainment and educational purposes and is not in any way, shape, or form meant to be any kind of legal advice. If you're seeking legal advice, please contact a lawyer. Have a great one. Happy franchising.